It's about to get nasty out there in St. Joe as the Chiefs take the next step in training camp. Pads are coming on. What do the trenches look like? Who's going to step forward? That's all today on Locked On Chiefs. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back, friends and neighbors, Chiefs fans around the world. We welcome you in. We are live today for our update at training camp. A lot going on, and tomorrow's going to be the next step forward. We're going to go through the O-line, the D-line, who has a chance to stand out, and what should we be watching, or what should you be watching, if you're going to be out in St. Joe. Thanks for making us your first listen. Make sure you make another Locked On Show your next listen for today. We appreciate you being with us and supporting all of our sponsors. We appreciate you supporting us by getting liked and subbed and hit that bell over on YouTube. You can get on Spotify and Apple for the audio side as well, but honestly, you can get that anywhere you get audio. So check that out. Make sure you're subbed. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting, NFL33.com and RGR Football. And I'm Chris Clark from Chiefs Corner. There's a ton to talk about because camp is kicking off into full gear. It is going to continue to be very hot in Missouri. But the better thing is, is that you are going to be having pads come on tomorrow. And really quick, I do want to say, if you haven't already, text us at 816-357-8781. Uh, I've been sending out texts trying to, you know, give people updates as we have them for camp. Obviously, nothing today. So sorry I didn't get a text sent out yet, but I will a little bit later. Uh, but it's I'm enjoying being able to talk to people and get a different conversation with them. Yeah, it makes it a lot more instant. We're able to, to communicate with you guys uh, a little bit more real time. So that's always fun. Um, now, we'll try to squeeze in a question or two at the end of the show. This isn't a Q&A. We're going to go through what we're expecting and what we need to know. And it starts on the offensive side of the ball for me. I think that's the most critical piece right now in that we've seen uh, the injury to Kadarius Tony. We've seen uh, a couple of young guys start to step out. So what's the next evolution is you got to make sure that you have the protection settled down so that they can continue to make their progress working with Mahomes. So far in camp, it's been pretty straightforward. Juwan Taylor's been the starter on the right-hand side. Donovan Smith's been the starter on the left-hand side. You got the interior trio of Creed and Joe and Trey, and that's rock solid. But we haven't really seen them do anything yet. No, we haven't. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how that turns out. Uh, I'm really excited to see Joe Taylor in this offense. I'm really excited to see what Donovan Smith has. Uh, you know, obviously, offensive linemen, defensive linemen have been doing a couple of drills, but they really can't go at it like they're going to be able to with pads. And I said this yesterday, and I'm going to continue saying it probably every day, uh, for anybody new that's out there, take a little bit of a, a break and, and don't worry about one-on-ones near as much. Watch technique if you're going to watch it because it doesn't necessarily matter if a tackle gets beat because the space that you're going to have in one-on-ones is going to be something that they're not going to be dealing with in a game. It's a completely different scenario, and it favors defense. Uh, and I do think it's interesting and, and really quick, something I saw on Twitter uh, from, I think, uh Cowboy, uh, I can't remember his name, maybe it's Ben Baldwin, uh, put out his listings of where the Chiefs rank in offensive line and in pass protection. I think they're somewhere around eighth. But he's expecting Juwan Taylor to be the weak link at pass protection. I think that's really interesting. (laughs) Because Juwan's actually been on the up the last couple of seasons. I expect him in Andy Heck's system to just be able to let his athleticism out be able to settle down. He doesn't have to. I think some teams like to push 
what their tackles have to do in terms of engagement with the defender, et cetera. He's going to get trained to just sit back, rely on his feet, enjoy uh, that that extra little split second that you get to really get into your set before you go to strike. I think the the key importance for me, for Jawan Taylor, is to continue his progress forward is to make sure that he's understanding how he can use his hands more aggressively, but in tighter space, in deflecting the punch, in deflecting the long arms that he's going to get inevitably. I think that's really what I'm looking for in terms of technique for him to take a step forward with. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. And really quick, since you put it up there, thank you, Paul, for being a loco. Uh, We really do appreciate you locos out there. Uh, So just want to throw that out there. You know, you look at what this is going to mean, and we talk offensive and defensive line. I think that's a big question, uh, you know, how this is going to play out with some of the players. You're going to finally get a chance to see what Keandre Coburn is going to be able to do uh, defensively. I think that's going to be, you know, interesting to see. Uh, you know, you start looking at the younger guys, too. You start looking at, you know, Wanya Morris. You start looking at who's going to be the right tackle, the second right tackle behind Jawan Taylor, uh, trying to get an idea as to how that offensive line and the backup offensive line is going to play in. And who's going to be your rotational guys at defense? I mean, we still have a pretty good idea of where we think they're going to go, but this is where they're going to be able to start actually, you know, making plays and, and making a name for themselves. Because right now it's just been shorts and, you know, a little bit of hand fighting here and there. But when pads come on, everything changes. And it changes at not just offensive line and defensive line. Wide receiver and corner is going to change big too. It is. And we're going to go in depth here coming up in the next segment about the defensive line. And later we're going to talk about what specifically to watch, what the matchups are. But as we start out here on the offensive side, we have to look for rotation because I think there's a lot of question marks about what we're going to see, not necessarily with the starters, but what happens in case of, right? And so, so far, object number one is that Juwan Taylor's not taking left tackle snaps that I'm aware of throughout OTAs, and so far in camp. Does that change tomorrow in the pads? That would make a little sense to me because against air, I don't know that you need to practice that. But it'll give us an insight to whether if Donovan Smith either has a re-injury of either the ankle or the elbow, both of which were pulling him down last season, who steps in it left? Is it going to be the flip with Juwan over to the left-hand side and you're bringing up the next guy on the right? Or is it going to be Wanyan Morris who's taken the majority of the one rep's with left tackle, when it's not Donovan Smith. It has not been anyone else. And I think that's really the key that I need to get a little more information on tomorrow. Well, and I think that it goes even a step further than that, and this is what we're not going to find out tomorrow. We will find out some of the answers as to what they're going to do. But when you start getting in season, I think it's going to depend what is going on in-game versus if it's going to be a long-term injury afterwards. If it's in-game, maybe it's a little bit different of an answer. Maybe you don't flip the guy. Uh, we will find that out until, you know, it, and hopefully it doesn't happen. I mean, you hope that all those guys are able to play and, and we're not having to worry about it, but that's going to be the question that we'll have to answer later. But it is going to be a lot of fun to see what Wanya Morris is able to do against some of the defensive ends he's going to be going against. It's, it's going to be exciting to see what, you know, what does Darian Kennard look like? You know, without pads on, you don't get much of an idea. He made a huge progress. I mean, you can see, you can watch the feet but it's really going to matter when you can start getting power and everything else behind it. Yeah, I'm I'm keen to see that as well because when you raise the bottom of a couple of guys, the the eighth offensive lineman, the ninth offensive lineman, now you're raising the the weakest link in that chain that we all know the offensive line has to perform as a group. I'm looking forward to that, but there's guys that have to go against them and they have to be able to show out as well. And so what's going on on the defensive line without Chris Jones in camp, that's going to be on the backside of this. 
Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring some of the best fantasy picks each week. All season long, whether you're prepping for a draft right now or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So with draft prep underway for the upcoming season, let's see who Vinny has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. When the top tier of quarterbacks is off the board in fantasy football drafts in 2023, there's another line of luxury passers and runners who are guaranteed to fit your starting lineup every week. Driving a sleeker Jaguars offense that now features wide receiver Calvin Ridley, Trevor Lawrence has top five scoring upside as a QB1. Expect Lawrence to keep living up to his immense arm and athletic talent and cruise to production that builds off his hot finish to last season. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship, and eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. The same with your vehicle. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle right at your fingertips, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. From air filters, brakes, batteries, taillights, alternators, shocks, struts, you name it, eBay Motors has it. And let's make sure it's the right fit for your car because eBay Guaranteed Fit helps you understand exactly what part your car or vehicle needs the first time. So go forth, switch gears, crank the AC, and say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up. Because now you'll, you know you'll always be set up for success from the get-go. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away. For the parts and accessories that fit your vehicle, just look for the green check. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I would like to be an exclusion, I have to tell you. Uh, that sounds fun to me because I want to stand out. I want to be different than the rest of the pack, and I want to make some kind of noise. That's what I'm looking for on the defensive line as well. And we all know the drama that's going on without Chris Jones and camp. So the question becomes, who can step up and take that on themselves and do something to slow down this offense? We all know that in the end of the day, the offense has the advantage right now. They're the, the more well-defined unit, the more experienced unit, and quite frankly, the more explosive unit. But Daniel Wise has been getting the first team reps so far in camp without pads in place of Chris Jones. I'm a little surprised by that, but as Jayhawk, I'm super happy about it. it. It gives me an idea that he is maybe farther in the mix than we originally thought, where I really only had four defensive tackles making this roster. It also tells me that I want to see who subs for him and what they do with him, because I have a couple of theories. What do you want to see? Who are you looking forward to make some noise on the interior of the defensive line? I really want to see Keandre Coburn, uh, and I understand, you know, we know what we have in Naughty. We know what the Chiefs have in Naughty. Uh, Daniel Wise is, is surprising to me. I'm surprised that they went that direction. Uh, the big question to me is what is Keandre Coburn going to bring to this defense? Because we kind of talked about this a little bit when we did our positional reviews, and as we talked about training camp, he's not going to be Chris Jones in the sense of where they play and their setup when it comes to defensive tackle. He's not going to be – you know, the guy that's playing that technique, he's usually going to be the guy playing, you know, what you're looking at in Derek Naughty. And the reason that they keep bringing Naughty back is because they haven't had a guy that could step in there and do that. And while Naughty has been successful uh, and he's, you know, he's great against the run, somebody that can add and, and be a little bit 
you know, add pass rush a little bit more than Naughty can would be hugely beneficial to Kansas City, not necessarily even this year, but, you know, 2024 and, and beyond. I mean, so that's really what I'm excited to see. What's he learned? What's he able to do against offensive linemen as a rookie? Because that's going to give you an indication of, as to possibly where he could go in the future. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm excited about him. Um, I have been, honestly, since since draft day. The fact that they're letting him ease into it, I'm actually encouraged by because I think Wise deserves a good look because he's been in the league for a while and he's made progress. But he also can be an example of what the three-tech looks like from Coburn's point of view. What the one-tech, obviously, Derek Naughty is going to be there. Now, it, it's funny because a lot of people are pegging him as as the Naughty backup, the the one-tech nose-tackle type. And yes, he can certainly do that. But he's got better get-off than he's given credit for. And That's he true. can come attack the passer out of the three-tech. And so especially on third down, when you're trying to widen out those A-gaps and get guys isolated on guards, I think he's got a lot to offer. I don't know if that we're going to see that this week. But I do think we will see, see that through the season as it progresses and he gets acclimated. And I'm not so sure how much we'll see it during the season. And the reason I say that is because – you got guys like Charles Minahue. You got guys like Mike Dana, who they like to throw inside. And, you know, so who knows what they're going to be doing in that situation? Are they going to put George Karloftis inside again at times uh, where he's successful last year? There are all these guys that they have that can go, you know, do defensive tackle snaps at times uh, in, in their defensive ends. So is Coburn going to get the opportunity? And I agree with you. He's not the same type of player as Derek Nani. He does have more pass rush upside. He can play the three-tech. But if we're looking at what the defense would look like in 2024, he's going to be the guy that would be starting next to Chris Jones, most likely. And the other and the other reason that Wise is in there is because you don't have Treshawn Wharton, who we're not going to see until he comes off the pup. And we might not right. see Wharton for a couple of weeks, even when he comes off the pup, because he's got to get acclimated. I completely agree. And that's why I'm really interested to see how fast Coburn comes along. It's, for me, I think uh, a great boon, but... If he, if he needs more time, if he's got to go a little bit slower, you're right. We could see all kinds of changes on the inside. But we also have to remember, too, just because Chris Jones is on the field doesn't mean he's in that three-tech. Uh, if you go back, um, ran some numbers, and this was actually confirmed by Daniel Jeremiah, the number two get-off in the league from the edge position in terms of speed to the quarterback is Chris Jones last season. The only guy faster than him was Miles Garrett. That, that means T.J. Watt. That means all your speed rushers, Brian Burns, all these guys. Off the ball to the quarterback, Chris Jones, number two. So I do think, despite the fact that they've got all these guys that can come inside, it means somebody's got to play on the outside, too. We might see Chris Jones at edge a bit again, maybe even a bit more than last season, if they really just want to keep rotating and mixing it up. Well, that'll be interesting because what you saw, and I'm going to go back to a specific game, what you saw from Chris Jones last year, you go watch the Cincinnati playoff game. And actually, this was on TV a little bit ago, and I really enjoyed being able to actually record it and watch the final couple drives. But what you saw is Chris Jones played inside most of the game. And then all of a sudden, when the Chiefs needed it the most, he told Carlos Dunlap, nope, I'm staying outside. You're going to play inside. And he went outside. And he was very successful. He got a sack on that third and eight play. So he does have that ability. And, you know, a couple of years ago, they tried to play him outside the defensive end more. And I don't think that plays to his strengths. But giving him the ability to switch inside out does play to his strengths because he does have the ability to play defensive end, specifically in passing downs. 
it's the running downs that he was struggling at the defensive end position. So if they continue to use Chris Jones like they did last year, and I think that Joe Cullen is one of the reasons why he was able to do as well as he was, I think it's going to be a situation where Chris Jones may exceed his sack total from last year because they're going to be moving them all around the defense. And if you're an offensive coordinator and an offensive line coach, the one thing you're going to be trying to figure out is where is Chris Jones going to be playing against you every single snap? You have to account for him. And if you don't have a good answer for him, if he plays regardless of where you think he's going to play, you're going to be in trouble. Well, and I'll tell you this too. If you can just add three or four seconds to the pre-snap process for every opposing quarterback just to find him, yep. that helps you in terms of your play clock, getting them less snaps in a ball game, et cetera, et cetera. There are big pluses really, to it all the way around. Really quick question on that specific aspect. Do you think it would benefit Kansas City – at times to go to more of a Patriots-esque style of not getting down in a snap situation, not getting down ready for the snap uh, until right before the snap. Because yes. if you think about it, they went to a situation where, I mean, the Patriots used to use it where they were two guys maybe down, but the rest of them were standing up. I, I love the concept. I think that's a natural evolution in the NASCAR package. It depends what that package is, though, because I can see eventually, whether it's this season or next, like you were saying, eventually it will be Coburn next to Chris Jones. And, and I think Coburn is best out of um, a coiled stance. Honestly, I think Chris generally is, too. So I could see one or both of them still being down, but everybody else being up. Being late to the line of scrimmage, I think, actually helps the defense come off at a run. And I think all these guys can benefit from it. You have length in Carloftis. You have length in Amenahue. You have length in Felix, who we're going to talk about after this because I need to get into the edges and what we need to watch on Friday and beyond. But all of those guys can come off of two-point stances, and I think that's a really interesting wrinkle that we could see thrown in even this season. Yeah, and I don't know, and I'm not saying that I expect it to be something they're going to run all game long. But if you throw that in an offense in certain scenarios and they're not expecting it, that's just going to benefit you if you have the ability to do that. And it's something that they set in place, uh, you know, in training camp and in in practices. So something I'm looking for, because I do think that that gives them the ability to do some interesting things. Yeah. And what will those things be and who should we watch on Friday coming up after this? So it's here. Padded practices are starting. What do you want to see? Couple of questions for me. I'll go first because I'm I'm really kind of keyed up about this. It hasn't been much of a push to this point because uh, of the lack of pads for the for the guys on the lines. But what we've seen is that because he missed OTAs, he had the hand issue that had to be surgically repaired that he didn't even know about until his pro day. Felix Antique Ozama hasn't had a chance to really get into the flow of the team yet and that's starting to come on here on day five so what i want to see is i don't expect him to be out there with the ones it seems they're taking a very cautious view of where they're getting him reps to kind of get him ramped up but i want to see in the one-on-ones especially when he gets reps with the twos threes he should dominate it shouldn't matter but when he sees lucas niang when he sees wanya morris uh who they they obviously have a uh, a pretty friendly rivalry right um I want to see what he can get done, whether it's one-on-one or in team. Um, I, I agree with you. I, I put more credence into what happens in team because that's a more uh, play-type uh, scenario. But he's probably the number one guy that I want to see on the defensive front, especially at edge, that I just haven't seen enough of yet. Well, and you look at other guys. And FAU is going to be fascinating to watch. Don't get me wrong. I, I am looking forward to seeing what he's able to bring 
and see if he can adapt his game was in college to the NFL level. Because if he can, that puts Kansas City in a great shape. I mean, he's likely to not be the starter because I, I think that they're going to have a minute huge start. But if he, FAU can get a ton of snaps, that's going to help Karloftis. That's going to help FAU. Karloftis played a ton of snaps last year. And I'm not saying that you want to take snaps a lot of snaps away from him, but he doesn't need to play as many as he did last year. If you can get more of a rotation, he's going to be even better. Uh, so I think that's one of the reasons why it's so big to have a young guy like FAU be successful. But, you know, you start looking at what this is going to mean on the defensive line. I'm I'm really curious what many he brings. I'm really curious to see also what Karloftis is able to bring when you go back and you look. He talked to the media, I believe it was on Wednesday, and said that he worked with Tomba Hawley in the offseason. What did he learn from Tomba? Tomba is all about hand fighting. And that is going to be huge for Karloftis' game. And, and let's be real. Tomba's a, a great allegory to Karloftis' game. Tamba was not an elite speed edge bender. He played through tackles. He attacked the shoulder and had to work it. And I think if anyone in the Chiefs history was was here to really help him come along, Tamba's a great choice. You know, do I wish Derek Thomas was here to give him some advice? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But but Tamba's allegory to his game is is much closer in my opinion. So I'm excited about that. And so maybe especially early. Maybe I do want him to get just as many reps, if not more, so he can work that into his natural flow of his pass rush. Yeah, and that would be fascinating to see if he's able to get out there and, and run as much as he was last year and, and be successful. I do think that Carl Loftus is going to take a step forward this year. What you saw at the end of the season was he was getting better. But he was already being he was already one of the top rookies when it came to pressures. He didn't get a ton of sacks, but he was getting pressure, and that does matter, and it really is going to help the back end of this defense. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Like the step forward, we talk about this a lot. The the leap from year one to leap uh, to year two is generally pretty big for most positions. Um, maybe the wide receivers are a little bit farther down the line, but for Karloftis, who I, I think we saw progression throughout the whole season, like you said, he came on at the end. For him to have trained with Tombo over the offseason, to train with Bobby Stroop, and, and Bobby does a great job of being functional, and that's exactly what we need out of Karloftis that's – all over my avowal from him coming out is functional strength is there. Functional acceleration is what he needs. And I'm really excited to see physically what step he's taking forward because if he can jump that up 40%, if he can be a 10-sack guy, then we're in business. And he could come out of the blue maybe as much as Jared Allen ever did. Yeah, and one thing I will say about Bobby Stroop, I've always loved seeing his tweets and talking about different things. And I obviously his most famous client is Pat Mahomes, and he's been with Mahomes since, I think, fourth grade. And I get all that. But he is a guy that goes and looks exactly who you are as a player, exactly who you are as a human, and figures out, okay, how can I build on what you already are? He built on what Patrick already was. That's that's what made Patrick what he is. I'm not saying that Patrick didn't have talent. Obviously, he did. But Stroop brought out some of that talent because he continued to build on things that, you know, Patrick innately had. You can do that with every type of player and every player and going and getting training from a guy like Stroop that's going to be looking at you in that sense is only going to help you. Absolutely. And the best thing about Bobby and his program and the way that he works is he's really a baseball fundamentalist, but he comes from a functional standpoint. That's exactly what you need on the football field. It's what the athletic matrix is all about. It's, it's about how you combine things and actually perform the sport, not 
perform X task in the weight room or X task on the field, like running in order to try to simulate that. Now, how do you actually play? That's what it yeah, comes it helps. If you haven't seen quarterback, and I hope everybody that's watching this has already seen quarterback or listening to this has already seen quarterback. If you haven't, you need to go watch it. And specifically this, the episode that Stroop talks about what makes Patrick so good. And it's the little things that he takes and he notices and where I'm going with this specifically, he talks about Mahomes' spine, his ability to be able to keep his head constant and be able to look and see the field in a different vision that some people just don't have. It gives him the ability to make plays that we wouldn't even think about. You're not thinking about the spine when you're thinking about the ability to make some of the plays that Mahomes does, but it's because he has that ability that he's able to do some of the things he does. And you can expand on that at every single position. Which is is funny because it's actually some of his biggest plays are, are when his spine is actually rotating underneath him so his head can be stable in one direction and he throws it the other way. Exactly. So it, it, it all plays into who he is as a player. And that, again, comes from the, the baseball background. Playing shortstop, you do a lot of that um, cervical rotation in there. And that makes a lot of sense. But there's a lot of other ways that that can help other players, George Karloftis being the first one. Now, before we wrap, folks, we're trying to do this uh, every day. We'll answer a question or two here in the speed round at the very end. So Harry's got a good one to begin with, Chris. Uh, will the Chiefs keep three quarterbacks on the 53 or hope that uh, Shane Michelle survives the waiver wire? I still think they keep three. I know a lot of people think they're going to keep two, but they kept three last year, and I don't see why that would change this year. Uh, it's really yeah. going to depend on preseason games, though. I would only keep two. That's just, that's I, I know my you opinion, would, but you're probably right. We'll see. <laughs> uh, WMB, uh, is there a possibility, a real possibility that Prince feels the number three spot and CH is the odd man out? I don't think so. Uh, they don't gain much by releasing him. You could put him on the practice squad. Somebody's probably going to pick him up. Um, I think it's more like they just carry four and they kind of like platoon based on matchup. Well, I will say odd man out, maybe not, but I do think it's a possibility that Prince fills the three. Yeah. Yeah. Prince seems uh, again, to be I think a guy that they're really excited about. It's going to be curious when the pads come on, can he continue to go that direction? Yeah. I mean, we got to keep in mind, folks, this is a first training camp for, for this rookie, just like Pacheco, who said he was going to take somebody's job like day one, right? It didn't really happen until halfway through the season where he continued to progress each level. Camp is, is one thing. OTAs is one thing pads at camp is the next step and then preseason games is the next step and it just goes on from there so uh, a lot of steps in front of him but it certainly looks like it's a possibility so far i do think they go with four though uh paul uh, i'm hopeful that ross makes the roster and turns into a baller what do you guys think it will take for that to happen for him i think the number one thing that it's got to do is he's got to understand the the entire offensive playbook yep. he's we know he's a physical player he's always been a physical player if he can stay healthy, that won't change. It will be, can he be in the right place? Patrick always talks about being in the right place. And that's the other challenge. I feel like maybe his recovery's got him stabilized where he can stay healthy. I'm optimistic. I agree with you, but I would say this. I think that if you look at what made Ross so good in college, it was because he was such a better athlete than everybody else around him. He's not going to be that in the NFL. He has to find something else that he can excel at and excel a little bit more than than what you do in college. Is it possible he can make this roster? Yes, it is. But you're absolutely right. He needs to know the offense. He needs to be able to know all three wide receiver positions. And that's really what kept Sky Moore down last season. He didn't know where to be at all times. And Sky Moore is a guy that I think is going to have a huge year just because I do think he understands the offense 
knows where he's supposed to be and is going to be there. Yeah. And I hope that that rubs off on, on Ross. Cause I think yep. uh, with John's in retirement, uh, I think he's, he's got himself really separated at this point. Justin does Tommy. Uh, how possible is it that Jones holds out to the point of having no choice, but trading him? Um, that's virtually non-existent 1% at the most. Um, he can't, I, I would say zero thing. Yeah. I just, I, I try not because, to say never. <laughs> no, I understand that, but I, I say zero because if he holds out, he isn't going to get the contract he wants next year. And I think he and his uh, agents know that. So he has to play and he has to produce. I mean, he'd be forfeiting $20 million by not playing on this contract. Never mind the penalties. So, it, yeah, it, it can't come to that. Unless he's independently wealthy with uh, some other contract I don't know about. It, it really can't come to that. Um, and last one here, and we'll wrap up. KL, thank you for the question. Uh, cannot wait for the D-line O-line, uh, but also the CBs. Where is Watson at? That's an interesting question because with the the focus on Nazi Johnson and seeing how much he's progressed, both uh, Josh Williams and Jalen Watson have been relegated back uh, in reps uh, to that two slash three kind of area. If you consider Nazi being, uh, you know, the backup, the number twos, uh, what happens when pads come on? That's going to be the next change. But I do think this is uh, this is staggered. I think in the end we're going to see somebody settle into a role. And I don't think Josh Williams or Jalen Watts are going to have any trouble. I think they've got so much game film compared to Nazi Johnson that I think they're just taking their time to get a good look at the second year player as well as Nick Jones. Well, and I'm really curious to see how, how things change when pads come on. Nazi Johnson can do, has been running with the ones uh, without pads. Is it going to change with, with pads? We'll see. Yeah. That's what I'm curious about uh, really quick. Since we did get a couple more questions, I'm saying Bush, it's Bush or Bell. I don't think Jody's going to be off the roster unless he continues to struggle in camp. Uh, and then I still think they're going to have three, maybe four offensive linemen as the backups. Yeah, I think eight minimum. I hope that they don't have to go to 10. That would mean something has gone wrong. Yep, would agree. But we'll have a, more insight when we see them in pads uh, starting on Friday. Uh, we'll have a couple of updates for you through the weekend if anything pops. And if not, make sure you're back here. Uh, we'll release Sunday night for Monday so that you guys can have all the information you need. If you are going to camp, it's going to be hot out there. Make sure you stay hydrated. Make sure that you're prepared for what's going to happen that day. I know they're 9-15 practice, but they still get warm at the end. And if you want all the updates that we can give you a little bit quicker, make sure you text us and get subbed over 816-357-8781. We appreciate your time and being with us today. It's been a blast. It's going to get hairy now. So make sure you like, sub, and hit that bell. Check out another Lockdown Show for the next one. Thanks for being with us, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.